0: Thanks for tuning in for this sermon from Real Church Goshen. We pray that this message will encourage you to do the work that God has called you to do. So I am going to, I want to talk to you about living lives of substance, Um, lives of substance. And, uh, you know, this is, the word substance just kind of like stuck out, so I I was trying to look up like a lot of words that rhyme with substance so that I could be like ready to preach, because I think that's like, like you have to like know, you know, like it's like matchy-matchy, rhymey-rhymey, that's like good preaching, I think, um, you know, like now I'm not going to remember any words that rhyme with anything now, like orange and borange, like you just got to like slam it, you know, like that. People were like, man, pastor was on fire with the alliteration today, you know, <laughs> Um, I'm probably going to butcher that. Uh, but um anyways, I want to talk to you about living lives of substance. Um I believe that, you know, I, I was praying today, I was praying for a community, and I was asking God, I was like, God, what is it that you want what is it that you want this community to know? Like that was my prayer today. I was like, God, what is it what is it that you want them to know? What is it that you want them to hear? What is it that you want them to understand today? and I was praying that, I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit saying that they need to understand that their lives are meant to have meaning and have purpose. Because there are so many people who just kind of like, they're just going through these motions and they experience life in a nutshell, but they don't experience it more abundantly, right? And I, And I thought about how It literally is a desire. I believe that everyone wants their life to have meaning and have purpose. I believe that. I believe that's that's something that people desire. They want to make an impact. Now, I can't say what that impact is and where their lives are and what they see that as. But I believe that in general, people want to experience that. And I believe that if we truly live our lives according to the way that Christ has modeled for us, we can experience that type of fullness in our lives. And we can walk in that no matter what the outcome, no matter what things look like. And so what, what I started thinking about is I started thinking about it's important for us to understand that we, we can't continue to compare the church, the bride of Christ, to the world. Like, we have to, we have to really understand what kingdom looks like. Because so often, like, if you look in, I've I've heard a hundred terms like this, and I'm I'm probably going to butcher them all. But like, pastors will tell you, well, God adds by subtraction, and you're like, what did you just say? You know, um, he multiplies through division. I'm like, wait, what? All right, so I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna start a church split. That's what I'm gonna do. All right, that's division, and then multiplication will come. Right? No. Um, but but we do need to understand kingdom work because. It's different. This is something that, that God has uh really been speaking to me about in the last um probably about two weeks that I've really felt this. And, and we're gonna be in First Corinthians chapter three. In First Corinthians chapter three, we're gonna end up reading verses five through nine, is where we're gonna start. If this feels a little scattered and all over the place, it's because it's a little scattered and all over the place. Okay? <laughs> like now when this is done, you'd be like, man, pastor was right on. It was scattered and all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So 1 Corinthians 3, this is a passage that I have probably quoted four or five times in the last couple of weeks. Um, And I'm going to talk about the context for for why this was brought up and why I've talked about this. But there's something that's, that's just really, this is something I feel like God was trying to show me and I want to share this with you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. It says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Now, I just, I'm going to stop there just for a second to provide some context, okay? Um, so Apollos and Pauls were both minister, okay? Um, they're both ministers. And what was happening is some people were getting kind of distracted by like, well, who's right? Is it Apollo's? Is it Paul? It was like there was some of this stuff going on, okay? And what you what you see there is Paul is trying to just like hone it in and say, okay, guys, it's not about Apollo's, it's not about Paul, it's not about any of this. Because it says here, what are they? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. Verse six says, I planted, being Paul, I planted Apollo's watered. But God gave the growth. Verse 7 says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. If you ever want to feel really good about everything you're doing for God, read this verse because it will humble you real quick. (laughs) It's just like, hey, neither the guy who's planting or the guy who's watering is anything. Just so you know, let's just get that, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. All that self-esteem and confidence gone. It says, but only God who gives the growth. It says, He who plants and he who waters are what? One. I want you to, I want you to see that. He who plants. And he who waters, Apollos and Paul, are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. Verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This passage has been on my mind for the last couple weeks, and I've shared it multiple times, because I feel like God has been like... um, He's been revealing things to me about about what we're doing and, and what we're going through because it's it's different, it's weird, and it's it's hard to explain sometimes. But, um, but I I realize this. We started three and a half years ago, and for three and a half years, we called us a church plant. I mean, it's we're a church plant. You know, I'm a church planner. Like we we planted a church. That's what we did. Okay, um, and there is a transition that naturally happens where all of a sudden you don't say I'm a church planner, I'm a pastor or whatever you want to say there. Okay. Um, But what was interesting to this for me is that I feel like God has been telling me we are a planting church. Like if you think about what what they were just talking about in that passage about there are those who plant, there are those who water and then God gives the increase. And what's interesting about being a planting church is you plant a lot of seeds, a lot of seeds. And I would say if we have been anything as a church, we have been a seed planting church. <laughs> like we have planted seeds financially, we've planted seeds um, into people as we are out in the community. and like i've I've been trying to move from okay, we're not we're not church planners, we're now what? And God's like, we're, you're a planting church. Chris and Carmen McBeath, you guys know they were here um, last month. And we went to dinner with them. And uh, um, I think it was Chris who said, I, I realize why we connect so much with you guys. And I was like, what's that? He's like, because really your church, your you, your church is a missionary. That's what your church is. Like your church does what a missionary does. Like a missionary is supposed to go into a place and it is literally just supposed to saturate and fill every possible need that you can for the opportunity to present the gospel to these people in some form. And he said, you are literally, you guys are a Goshen missionary. That's what you are. He's like, you've got all these things that are going out, that are reaching, that are like finding so many different ways. He's like, that's what we do in Nicaragua. So, it, you know, it, it got me thinking about this, and the problem that I believe we've, we've had is that in the church, we've glorified leadership, we've glorified musicianship, we've glorified authorship, I don't know if that's a word, but I wrote it down, while completely ignoring servantship. See the church has gotten so far away from being servants that we've gotten it's gotten money. It's like I, I can remember one time specifically. I will never forget this in my life. Okay, um, when I was traveling and singing um, gospel music with my brothers and a couple of friends of ours, um, we went to um, we went to a little church, and uh, it was actually it was really interesting um, the process. So the church calls us, and the church was like, hey, we really want you guys to come sing for this revival, and blah, 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 blah. And we got calls like that all the time, um, like at least once a year. Um, we were just booked, you know, once a year. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, Beth to tell you, we were gone like, it was almost every weekend we were out playing somewhere. And this church, this church called us up, and it's like, man, we've heard so much about you guys, and we'd love to have you come sing on our revival. And we're like, oh, yeah, how'd you hear? Well, we actually got your CD. Someone gave us one of your CDs. And we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then, and then they were like, um, uh, but we do have one question. Um, uh, how long is the hair of the one guy? Because it looks a little long. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> like, what did you just say? And they're like, well, the hair just looks a little long. We're a little concerned. You think you could get a fresh cut before you came? And I'm like, what? Like, is that a real request? Like I thought, we were supposed to be like we only drink wheatgrass drinks. Um, like I thought, we were the one that made the request. But they're like, can you maybe get his you know ears lowered or whatever. Anyways, so we get so we get to this church. We get to this church and um, we we do our thing. We get up and and uh, um, and, and we, we worship and we have a, we have a great time. And then uh, when we get down, the evangelist gets up. Right, and uh, I've got a lot of opinions about evangelists that I'm not going to share all of them today, uh, but evangelist gets up, and he opens up by talking about all the books that he has wrote that you can buy up front. And Beth, Beth, she probably remembers this. And it was like, I mean, it was like in detail, man. It was like this book and this book and this book. And look, there ain't nothing wrong with writing books, okay? I can't, but there ain't nothing wrong with writing books, are you? But I, I thought to myself today, I thought, when have I ever heard an evangelist come forward and say, hey, um, by the way, uh, before you leave here, um, I am going to be going out and I'm going to be serving in this capacity, in this capacity. I'm going to be taking something to the community. I'm going to be doing this. If you would sign up out front to come help me do that. Because, and I, and I thought about that. I thought about, wow, we really have glorified authorship, Right? more than servantship, because here's the deal. People will line up and buy a book, but people won't line up to get their hands dirty. And see, there is a lot, listen, there is a lot of things that we could do to get people and to do all that, that stuff. But what I am telling you is that our hearts have to be focused on serving above all else serving those that are around us, serving those that are in your community, serving that, listen, I am so passionate about just falling in love with your community. I talk to pastors about this all the time. Like you have to love your community. You have to love the people that are there. You have to love the broken, the hurting, because if you can't do that, it doesn't work. And I have literally, this, this is always a struggle for me. I have seen pastors move their church location because it was a rough neighborhood. What? (laughs) Like, hold on a minute. We can't be agents of change. We have to find somewhere where our Christians can be a little bit more comfortable so that they'll come and that they'll tithe and they'll do all the things that we need them to do. Like, we have to understand that serving is above Everything because what the world needs is they need an active church in kingdom work, not a church that is literally just going to kind of pacify you and keep things going. Because servantship speaks to their hearts more than a church service does, and I can tell you about that. So, last week we had the father daughter dance, weird thing to do, but okay. All right, so I literally, I, it's funny, um, the the Church of God, I, I love just, like, being the weird guy, <laughs> um, we, we had, uh, they do a think tank call once a month, and the, the, all, the idea is that you kind of get pastors all together on a Zoom call with the idea that they share some of the ideas of what they're doing, okay, like, what are you guys doing, and how are you reaching out, and how are you doing all this stuff, Um and I'm always like, they're going to freak out. <laughs> uh, I'm like, this is, this is going to go fun. And uh, so what they wanted to share, whatever it was, it was a week or two ago. Uh, it was a week before. I guess it was the Tuesday before the Father Daughter Dance. They were wanting us to share what our follow-up actions were from easter to get the people that showed up to easter to make sure that we got them back in the church like what was the thing that you did what was the thing that you connected with them how did you get them how are you going to get them and pastors were like well i'm trying you know i'm writing personal letters to the people that came and i'm and i'm doing this campaign i'm sending this out and i and i sent this home with them and all this stuff and we're doing this giveaway the week after easter and all this stuff and i've done all of that stuff okay um and they're like tom what are you doing (laughs) I was like, we're having a father-daughter dance, <laughs> and and one person was like, "Did you say y'all was dancing?" <laughs> it was perfect. It was just so perfect. I loved it. Uh, and, and he knows me well enough to cut up and and do that. And uh, um, and, and I and and they were like, "You're wh- hold on now. Explain exactly what you guys are trying to do here." And and so we talked. We talked about it a little bit. Um, but here's what here's what amazed me. We had we had a we had a great night. We saw a lot of different people in the community that we have never seen. I've never seen some of these people in the community, ever, ever. So it was it was really interesting to be able to meet some people and, and do that. And uh, but one of the things that we did. Is we ha- we've got all of our RC buttons pins. I would if I would have uh, if I was a good illustrator, I would have brought them up here. So imagine these are little pins, okay? Um, and so what we did is we had different businesses: Skyline, Holtman's, Lori's, and uh, um, uh, Sprinkles. Yeah, we had them keep them there, and the people would go there afterwards, and they would get their pin, and it was like a scavenger hunt thing. Anyways. Um, and so that night at about eight 45, nine o'clock, I'm driving around and I'm picking up all the pins. Cause I know that if I don't do it now, I'm never going to remember those Beth will. And she'll tell me to, but I was like, I better just do it now. So I was driving around. I was picking them up and I come into this one place and this lady is like, Oh my gosh, I was just talking about you in your church. I was like, really? And she was like, yes. She's like, I was telling the cooks and everyone that works here, like, how insane it is. Like, you guys, she just started naming things off of different ways that we've served in the community. And I'm like, man, like, she really, you know, like, this is really, like, something that she's seen. And she looks at me, and she says, I just want to tell you something. She's like, I am an ex-addict. And she's like, I have never seen Christians try to serve as much as you guys are trying to serve. And she's like, I just want you to know from my perspective, it speaks volumes to me about your guys' heart and your church's heart. And that was like right at the end of the night. And I was like, I came home and I was like, that is what we are trying to do. We are trying to allow people to see this radical exposure to grace, right? And if we, if we are pointing people to the gospel, right, to the goodness of who he is, shouldn't they look at us and say, you guys are unlike anything I have ever encountered? Isn't that exactly what they should, isn't that what they said about Jesus? We have never seen someone like this. We've never seen one sh- some, someone show grace like this. We've never seen someone teach like this. We've never, that's what they said. And most of the time, what you hear is, oh, you're one of them, right? Oh, one of them Bible thumpers, (laughs) right? I don't know if people still say that. I think they do. Um, Maybe. Listen, we are supposed to be people where they should look at us and say, I've never seen people care so much. I've never seen people give so much. I've never seen people love so much. That is what we're supposed to do. If we are pointing people to Christ, the world doesn't need another church experience. They don't need another service time. They don't need another worship band. They need people who will serve like Jesus. It's all about servantship for us. You have to understand, though, in being a servant like this, kingdom work doesn't always look like till plant, water, harvest. For some people, it looks like this. Plant, 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 plant. Like that's, it could just plant, right? Plant, 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 plant. plant. That's it. And one of the things that I felt like God was trying to make me aware of is I have to be comfortable with just planting because I may never get to water. I may never get to harvest, but the kingdom will. I told someone uh, last week that I have literally, (laughs) I have literally done this. Bethany sometimes hates me for it. I have literally encouraged people to go to a different church than our church because of what they longed for in a church. Like, I know what they want. I know what they desire. They tell me what they want. And I will just tell them, we are not the church for you. Like, I love you. And I would love for you to come to our church. That's what Bethany says. Make sure you say that first. (laughs) Make sure they know they could if they wanted to. (laughs) That happens a lot. Um, But I'll get in trouble because I'll be like, look, based off of what your heart is longing for, and what you desire, and what you're telling me you need, we are going to suck really bad, okay? Because that's not who we are. And that's okay. Like, that is part of the strength of recognizing what we are good at. And that's why God's like, plant, 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 plant. Bethany will say this all the time. She'll say, when do we get to see the harvest? Beth has said that more than once, right? I can say that, right? Are you in trouble for for me saying that now? I'm in trouble. Okay. Um but 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 we've talked about that the harvest, the fruit, right? The the satisfaction of that. And the last 2 weeks all I've heard is, well, one plants, one waters. And I was like, "Well, shoot." I talked to a pastor this week actually um, they called me. I don't know why they do this stuff, but they called us because they wanted to do a story about our church plant, and they wanted to write a little article in it. And and so um, I I always say this. Beth Beth asked me this. She says, "Do you tell them? Do you make sure that they know that we're not a big church? <laughs> like why do they keep calling us? <laughs> we we're like 30 people. Like why do they keep calling us? You know?" Um, and I tell them all the time, like just so you know, I just want to get the record straight. Um, but I, when I, when I spoke with this pastor and he was asking, cause, cause the bishop was like, you need to, you need to call and you need to talk to pastor Tom just to hear what they're doing. He said to me, he says, you know, um, he says, I haven't found someone who's loved their community as much as you said that you guys love your community to do all the things that you're doing. And what it comes down to for me is that our lives have to be lives of substance. Okay. So let me talk about this for a minute. Substance, I looked up the definition, it says substance is the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible, solid presence. When something lacks substance, it doesn't change anything. It just exists. Like substance, like like, it's got to it's gotta be meaty. Like, Beth and I, I think I've shared this story with you before where Beth and I, we went to Jack's Steakhouse in uh, Hocking Hills. Uh, we had avoided it for multiple years. We finally decided, all right, I want a steak. We're going to Jack's Steakhouse. We walked in. It was like a trailer. And when we walked in, it was like saloon doors. Actually, before we even walked in, it smelled like sewage outside. It was bad. As soon as we got out, Bethany was like, that smell is a bad sign. And I was like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I was wrong. (laughs) We walk in. It's like saloon doors. And literally, I am not kidding you, when her and I walk in, Nakoda was just a baby, so I've got Nakoda in the car seat on my arm. As soon as we walk in, it's like everyone turns around real slowly like, we were way out of our place. So I order a ribeye because I'm a man. And when I get my ribeye, (laughs) <laughs> when I get my ribeye, I literally take a bite. And Beth and I, well, we, we've always called it this. We've called it this for 10 years. It was like eating a water steak. I'm not kidding. It was like I, I've, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. This had zero flavor. Now, I'm glad we don't refer to it as the sewage steak because that could have been much worse. Because, I mean, in the door, it was it was a bad sign. But literally, it tasted like nothing. I've never ate something that literally tasted so much like nothing. And so we've always called it water steak. Like, that was the water steak that we had. Um, and it was awful. And the reason why it's so awful, and the reason why it's called is water steak, is because it had no substance. There was, there was nothing to it. Now, we... Will walk around for so long without substance. And Romans eight, sixteen, seventeen, I wanna I want to read what it says here. It says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? We are children of God. And if children, we are then what? Heirs. Hello. Hello. Heirs, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Do you know what an heir is? It literally says that an heir is a person that is inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. Are we continuing the legacy of Jesus? Are we continuing the legacy that God ordained for us? See, sometimes I believe that we get a little bit too guilty of allowing our earthly convictions to motivate us more than our kingdom convictions. Sometimes the things of the earth, the things of the world, they will stir up more passion in us than the things of God will. And that ain't right. We are not allowed to be so made, so passionate, so just infuriated by the things of the world, but completely, I want to say ignorant, about the things of God, the things of the kingdom. See, that is a life with no substance. Because what you're doing is you're lurching and leeching onto all of the substance of the world. But the world is is empty promises. See, the word of God recognizes and tells us that if we are children, then we are heirs of God. We are supposed to continue the legacy. Continue the legacy. And here's the, here's the question. Have we allowed ourselves to be more angered by false representations of worldly things than we are of false repre- representations of godly things? I'm going to say that again because that was a lot of letters. Have we allowed ourselves to be more angered by false representations of worldly things than we are of false representations of godly things? See, for when we are presenting the gospel, there's one thing that I just, I want to hone in here tonight. That your opinion, listen, calm down. I know I'm talking about your opinion here. Just, y'all know I love you. Y'all know I care about you. Y'all know Bethany is already scared that I run everyone off, okay? So, but you need to hear this. Your opinion isn't more valuable than your grace. Just so let that sink in for a minute. Your opinion isn't more valuable than your grace. What does that mean, Tom? Tom? I don't know. I was waiting for one of you guys to explain it. Um, We spend so much time, Beth, I'm not picking on you. You just, you know, I love you. Okay. We spend so much time worrying about making sure people know our opinions, our thoughts, our position, our stance, our whatever. Bethany will get on me sometimes because I'll just be, like, whatever, nonchalant, because I just, eh. I'll do, I'll do it with things at work where Beth will be like, doesn't that infuriate you? Don't you want to do something about it? I'll be like, eh. She'll be like, what? And I'll be like, I got to just pick my battles, man. That one, it's not worth fighting. It's just not worth it. It's not worth my energy, my time, my devotion. See, if we want our lives to have substance, the way that we spend grace leaves a much bigger impact than how we share our opinions. See, the church has been so vocal about their opinions about every single little thing to the point that most people only know the church for what we don't do, not for what we actually do. See that? I dodged saying do-do. I dodged it just barely. (laughs) But I still said it, so I ruined it. Sorry. Sorry, I still said it. (laughs) See, We have allowed our conversations to lack substance about the kingdom. And the only substance that we think we are is pointing people to the way that they should be living their lives, the things that they should be doing, the things that they should be wearing, the places that they should be going, the events that they should be at, all of these things, where your money should go. We have spent so much time doing that, that to the world, guess what? None of that is substance. It doesn't matter to them what words you think you can use and what words you can't. There is a, there's a video that I wish I could show. Bethany would punch me in the face if I showed you this video. And I think she knows the video that I'm thinking about right now. And so I am not allowed to show it to you, okay? Oh, man. No, this is, this is you helping tone me down a little bit, okay? I'm not going to tell on myself. So I'm just going to back up, okay? Because I'm going to get in trouble. The church has been so vocal about all the things that we say we can't do. Listen, I'm just going to give you a, a quick synopsis of what that was. There's a pastor, and he, he stood up in front of his congregation, and he said, there are 30,000 children in America who will die, who, who will, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I might get this, they're going to go to bed hungry tonight with no food. And then he said, Point number two is there's 30,000 children in America who are going to go to bed hungry tonight, and Christians don't give up. There was a word in there. I don't remember what it was. Um, And his third point was there are 30,000 kids that are going to go to bed hungry in America tonight, and Christians are going to be more upset that I said this than the fact that there are thirty thousand kids that are gonna go hungry tonight. And I saw that and I was like, that is good. Hard, <laughs> heart, heart, hard, 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 heart, heart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, our substance as Christians has typically been tied mostly to our religious rules than it is about the way that we showed radical grace. In John 8, Jesus is confronted with a woman who is caught in adultery. Hello, big news out, right? Woman caught in adultery. Let's just add it, right? If it was the pastor's wife, right? Bethany's like, man, I am in so much. <laughs> I am doomed. I've got to get like a cot here or something to sleep in. Uh I haven't figured that out yet. But in John 8 5, it says. That the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they said to him, Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So, what do you say? And listen, listen what he says in verse 7. Jesus gives him this response. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. You guys have heard this story. You are familiar with this story. But here's what I want you to understand. And this is why what I originally said is important. Your opinion, well, what do you think? What do you think? Moses said that we need to stone her. So what do you think? Jesus didn't give his opinion on the matter. What he gave was his grace. Your opinion is not more valuable than your grace. I will spend grace like it is going out of style. <laughs> and it ain't, y'all. <laughs> we really need to come back into style if it is. <laughs> because we need to have some crazy grace for the people that we live by the people that we're connected to, the the people in our family. Like, we have got to start having this type of grace. There is no one in that group, even her, even her, that could have been upset with Jesus because she knew the law. She knew the law. And if his opinion was, well, that's what the word says, then they would have stoned her. And this is where we have to understand we have to be more willing to share grace than we are our opinions. Because I'll tell you this, at the end of the day, when I get put in the grave, people are going to remember my grace much more than my opinion. People are going to come to that funeral because of my grace. They ain't going to come because of my opinion. And see, we have to start recognizing that a life of substance is about so much more than just words. It is about action. It is about action. I've told you guys this before, that I have said to Bethany for many, many years, I am not a person who at the end of my life, I will look back and I will say, I wish I would have. Because I can't live with that kind of stuff. Like, I am not good with that. I am a person who will look back on my life, and there will be things that I will say I wish I wouldn't of. <laughs> that will happen, but I can live with that, right? See, the church has been more concerned about sharing their opinions than they are showing grace. Get this. Um, this will kind of mess you up. I mean, it messed me up. Maybe it'll mess you up. Maybe you'll all be like, Tom, we know all this crap. You could have let us go early, and we could already be eating Chick-fil-A. I don't know. Um, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus showed her grace before she was ever repentant. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, but pastor, he ain't said sorry to me yet. <laughs> Oh, I would. I got all kinds of grace and forgiveness, but he needs to say sorry. (laughs) See, we have to understand that if we are to model the life of Jesus, if we are to be an heir, which means we are continuing the legacy of what was before, if we are continuing that type of legacy, then guess what? We should be giving out grace constantly even when they don't deserve it, even when they don't necessarily want it, even when they don't look sorrowful. You know, there's like this whole idea, well, you're not sorry. You're sorry because you got caught, right? (laughs) I mean, we said that to our kids before, right? (laughs) Sorry, man. Uh, Skylar, I'm sorry, man. Look, on top of it, Jesus never really did share his opinion. He just offered Grace. See, because sometimes we want to make people understand our disgust with their decisions before we give them grace. <laughs> well, you know, lady, it really is bad what you did. I'm really disappointed. You've let me down. You've let the Father in heaven down. Um, you've uh, probably ruined your marriage. Your kids are probably going to leave and all this stuff. Like, it's it's really bad, but I forgive you, you know. That's what we do a lot of times. We wanna make sure people that know we don't disagree, we don't agree with their decisions. We want them to know they were wrong, but I still love you. (laughs) That's not what Jesus did. See, we have to be willing to put aside the world and all of its treasures, and all the things that comes with that, and just all of it, because we have to be kingdom-minded. We have to be servants. We have to be servants that show radical grace. We have to be fathers that show radical grace. Mothers, neighbors, sisters, brothers. Fill in the blank. We have to be like that, because... If we are heirs we should be following and continuing the legacy of Christ Following the legacy of Christ looks so much more like kindness than it does church attendance You know I know that I know that people will talk about you know, the good old days, man, when we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, Fridays, when the Sabbath was backwards and upside down and whatever, right? And that's that's good, and that's fine, okay? There's nothing wrong with, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with church attendance. But there is something wrong if we allow the church to become our retreat from the world in such a way that we never engage in the world to change the world. See, churches will get upset, and they'll get flustered, and they'll, you know, they'll say this, that, and the other about a hundred different things, Um, because so often what they just want to do is they just want to have their country club, you know. These are my friends. These are my people. This is it. This is my circle, man. Don't mess up my circle, and that's I get it. Everyone's going to have their circle. But we cannot be so close-minded as the body of Christ that we aren't constantly reaching out. And if we fill up our schedule so much that we can't see our, neighbor, our neighbors, we can't meet our neighbors, we can't serve our neighbors, it's wrong. It's wrong. We have to be willing to show the type of radical grace that, that Jesus showed. Because there are people in this community who are going to look at you and they're going to say, "Wait a minute, you're with who? Oh my gosh, you guys have done blah and blah and blah and blah." I have a I have a lady that she has never attended church here, okay? Never once. When we were planting the church, the church was not launched. Bethany and I just maybe got a building, maybe just got a building. And I got a message from someone in the community, and uh, um, it was like a big question for me because it was like, oh, you don't know me at all. Because um, I just got a question, pastor, do you do hospital visits? Now, let me just explain something. That's a loaded question for me, okay? Okay because um, I don't believe in people being so dependent on a pastor that he has to come and pray. I, I believe in in caring. I believe in all that stuff. You all know I love people, um, except for maybe, nah, I love everybody. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I got this question, and I was like, man, how do I respond to this because we haven't even in the church, and I don't want people to think that I'm just like their secretary that comes pray for you, make you feel better, and leave. Um, and so I, I just asked for some context, like, well, you know, what's going on? Can you talk to me? And she made me aware of a person in the community, um, who their young infant child had been hurt. Okay. Pretty badly. And that infant was in the ICU or something like that. They were, they were in ICU. Uh, it was, it was, uh, um, a children's, Really bad situation, just horrible scenario. And the lady said to me, she said, "Look, they're a little rough around the edges, and I don't know that I could comfortably ask some of the other pastors that I know to go pray with them. And then I was like, Dad gummit, you know, uh <laughs> no, I'm just kidding' I, I messaged Beth, and I was like, hey, um, I was working in Westchester, I think, at the time. Maybe it was. And I sent Beth a message. I said, hey, I'm going to take my lunch hour, and I'm going to drive over to the hospital to meet this family and pray. And and that's literally what they're asking. They're like, we just want someone to come, please pray for this child. And I was like, all right, let me go, and let me go. I'll meet this family, and I'll, and I'll pray with them. And it, it didn't look good. Um Uh, When I when I got there, um, Grandma was there, Mom was there, um, and they just began telling me all of the negative signs that they keep getting, all the problems that they keep having, Uh, just issue after issue after issue, and and what had taken place. And uh, um, you know, I started by by first telling them, I said, "Listen, I I am here, and I want to pray for this child. I want to believe God to do the miraculous." But I told them, I said, "I want you to understand something. I only have access because of my salvation." You can have this exact same access. Just so you know, there is nothing that I have that you couldn't have. It is not anything like that. And 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 uh, we prayed. We prayed for that child, and they will still randomly. Um, send me a video. They they sent me one. I can't remember how long ago it was. Randomly sent me a video, and they said, we want you to see um, how well he is continuing to do. He came completely out of it, baby completely healthy, baby just fantastic. And they sent me a video of him like, I don't know, he was doing something weird with the refrigerator or anything. And uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a fat joke towards me, like, oh, hey, look, he likes the refrigerator now. I don't know. But um, what I'm saying to you is, If we let our lives be so busy that we can't serve in moments like that, then we are not living the legacy of Christ. Don't allow yourself to become so busy that you don't find opportunities to serve. I will, man, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for this. I will never be upset with anyone in our church. If they say, Pastor, I'm not going to be there this week because I'm going to be serving over and doing this. I'm going to be like, yes. (laughs) Because that is what we are doing. I'm going to ask you to come. If you guys would stand with me as we get ready to close. I I want us to close with a time of prayer here because I want us to pray that we truly... Live life being kingdom-minded. See, the world is going to throw a lot at us. And the devil uses that to try to trip us up so that we don't really walk in the authority and the calling that we have. See, he wants you to think that you've got to be so passionate of the things of earth, that you scoot aside the things that you are supposed to be passionate about for the kingdom. That's what he wants. And we have to make the decision that we are going to be kingdom-minded. We want, and I desire, that our lives to have substance, right? And for people around each of us to feel that and know it, I want you to walk into any establishment around you and them to feel different. You'll laugh. I walk into Chipotle. The people behind will go, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Close the (laughs) doors. (laughs) And it's just because all it is is just being nice to people. Too many people have encountered mean Christians, man. And that just sucks. That is not what we are called to be. We are called to be servants. We are called to love. We are called to show radical grace. That is what we are supposed to do. But I believe for us to be able to spend grace radically, I believe that we need to let go of some stuff. We need to let go of some of our opinions Because your opinions aren't more valuable than your grace. We need to be willing to let go of that. We need to be willing and believe that our voice isn't as important as our presence. We need to do something about it. So I just want us to have a time of prayer. I'm going to let Nevaeh sing this song. And we're just going to spend some time in prayer as we seek out that God would help us to be more kingdom-minded as a people for our community and for our families. Thanks again for listening to this message from Real Church Goshen. You can find out more about us and our services by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Real Church Goshen.